Hey, Story Pillar friends. I wanted to let you know that children's book author Michelle Knott will be our special guest reader for this week's story. Her recent picture book, Teddy, Let's Go, is about growing up and the many feelings that come with it. Your grown-ups can find Teddy, Let's Go wherever books are sold, and they can also head to authormichellenott.com or follow her on social media to stay up to date on her great books about kids and feelings. We'll make sure to put links in the episode notes. Okay, ready for the show? Hey, I'm so happy you're back. I'm Meg, a human person. And I'm Sneak. I'm a caterpillar with red sneakers so cool they're practically frozen. Ooh, and speaking of frozen, guess what my new favorite food is? Hmm, frozen sweet potato fries? No, but that does sound crunchalish-tastic. My new favorite food is... Wasabi! Wasabi, 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 yabby, babby. Wasabi, wasabi, don't put it on your mommy. Um, is wasabi frozen, though, Sneak? No, but it's so hot it makes my tongue feel like it's on fire. And then I get to eat a whole boatload of ice cream to put out my tongue fire. And ice cream is frozen and delicious and the best thing in the whole world. Wait, so... Your new favorite food is wasabi, but only because it's an excuse to stuff your face with ice cream? correct Okay, well, anyway, I'm Bean, I'm a butterfly, and I like yellow hats. Thanks, Bean. Um, now that you know who we are, this is... Story, Story Pillar Wasabi! I feel a story coming on Wonder where we'll end up today We'll blast around the world We'll sneak and be leading the way Go Story Pillar, we're in this together No stopping us full speed ahead Go Story Pillar, shake it up a little Make cloudy skies brighter with friends Hey everyone, welcome to the 10th episode ever of Story Pillar, a podcast where we tackle sticky situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up advice from you, our listeners. Ooh, and this week we get to go on a whale. Ooh, I definitely want a narwhal so I can slide down the task like a firefighter on those little pole thingies. Holy coconut sneak. Breathe before you pass out. Oh, right. We're not going on whales, W-H-A-L-E-S, the sea mammal, sneak, fish farts. We're going to whales, W-A-L-E-S, the country in the UK. You definitely talked about it on your mini episode last week. Oh yeah, now I remember. (laughs) Good. Okay, let's check in with our listeners and find out what sticky situation we're tackling this week. Listeners, how are you feeling today? Well, that's a new one. Which one? Gassy? Someone said they're feeling gassy. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Ew, gross. 
No. I heard someone say they're feeling dread, like that horrible feeling you get in your stomach when you really don't want to do something, but you like know you kind of have to. Oh yeah, that's how I feel when I have to go to the toe dentist. Well, it seems like our sticky situation is... What do we do when we're dreading something we really, really don't want to do? And now for something that I'm not dreading even a teeny tiny mini winny little bit. Story time! (laughs) Yep, it's story time. So this week we're traveling to Wales. That's W-A-L-E-S, which is a country in the United Kingdom tucked between England and the Irish Sea. It's a small country about the size of the U.S. state of New Jersey, if you're familiar with that. But it's chock full of mountains and castles. It has over 600 castles, which is more castles per square mile than any other country in the entire world. That's a lot of castles. (laughs) It is. Before we start, many people in Wales speak Welsh. And my friend Jane says that in the southern part of Wales, Shemai is one way of saying hello. Want to try it? Shemai. Shemai. Yep. Listeners, your turn. Sounds good to me. Oh, and one more thing. This week, we have a special guest reading our story. (gasps) Is it a giant chicken? (laughs) No, it's children's book author Michelle Knott. If you want, we can read her most recent book, Teddy Let's Go, after the show. (gasps) Yippee. Yippee whippy! Okay, rocket time. Buckle your bellies, everybody. And countdown. Three, two, one. Blast off! The sun will come out on Tuesday. By Meg Lewis, adapted from a collection of Welsh fairy tales by William Elliot Griffiths. Read for you by Michelle Knott. Ah, Cloud! Kara swatted away a wet nose and rubbed at the slobber, making the back of her neck pickle. I hate when you do that! She playfully shoved at her favorite sheet, her hand all but getting lost in his ridiculously puffy cloud of wool. Cloud answered cheerfully looking up at Karis with adoring eyes and what, if she could smile, would definitely be a mischievous grin. She chuckled softly and snuggled closer. The mingled scents of sunshine, trampled hay, and damp, furry animal tickling her nose. (coughs) Cloud bleated again, then wiggled his fluffy white bottom like a giant excited snowball and flopped down on the rough stones next to Karis. She tapped him lightly on the nose. We're on a stakeout, remember? She pulled her thick cloak tighter around her shoulders and leaned back against the wall of the small stone barn that housed the rest of her father's flock. A sleepy baa drifted through the open window above them, and Karis narrowed her eyes, grip automatically tightening on the sharp-tined gardening rake flung across her lap. And this time, we're not letting it get away. Four nights, Karis counted to herself, eyes sweeping the sky for stars bright enough to pierce the thick clouds. Four nights since the thing, whatever it was, 
had crept across the hills, tiptoed into her family's sheep byre, and without so much as a peep or a snarl, made off with a new lamb. One, two, three, four. She scraped tally marks into the dirt with a twig and scanned the fields of waving barley. Four mornings of frantically bleating ewes, and four mornings of her mother's mouth tightening in that way that always made Kara's stomach clench like a stubborn clam. But no more, she thought fiercely, flinging the twig into the darkness. It was then that she heard it, a soft scrape, barely a footstep, that swished across the stubby grass, worn short by sheep hooves. Cloud's head popped up with a woof, nostrils flaring, and he scented the air as diligently as any bloodhound. What was that? Karis whispered. A werewolf? Cloud shivered. A dragon? Karis shuddered. A werewolf dragon? Two sets of eyes went as wide as boiled eggs, and Karis immediately squeezed hers shut, trying to chase away flashes of glistening fangs and scaly purple-green wings. A squeal of hinges made both girl and sheep jump as they rounded the corner and crept closer to the now-open door. Karis held up three fingers and silently counted down. One, she lifted the long-handled rake. Two, Cloud crouched and waggled his hindquarters. Three, and together they exploded through the doorway. Their fear of whatever awful creature awaited them forgotten in the frosty of their attack. Cloud snapped his teeth like a vicious, overgrown cotton ball. Stop, you sheep-eating monster! Karis swung her makeshift weapon through the air, then stopped mid-lunge as her eyes adjusted to the low lantern light. Back away from the baby? Her rake clattered to the ground, and both she and Cloud stood frozen, mouths dangling open in shock as they took in the sight of a baby. An actual human baby with one chubby fist clamped around the throat of a small red dragon. The creature thrashed and hissed, long tail furiously slicing through shadows, but the golden-haired child simply gurgled, wound up, and launched the wriggling beast out the window, where it promptly shrieked and shot across the sky. Kara's eye snapped back in time to see the plump little figure gleefully throwing two fistfuls of hay into the air and watch, mesmerized as they rained down around him like confetti. She smiled, <laughs> drinking in eyes the exact color of ripe blueberries and a wild tumble of hair that looked as if the warm summer sun had somehow gotten tangled among the golden curls. The child actually seemed to glow as he crawled through the bits of hay toward Cloud, who, after seeing what it had done to the dragon, bleated nervously and edged toward the doorway. The sun baby cooed, then picked the sheep clear off the ground, squeezed him in a tight bear hug, and planted a wet, slobbery kiss on the tip of his nose. Karis dissolved into giggles as Cloud gasped for breath and checked himself for broken ribs. Well, she said, still fizzling with laughter, I guess this means no more stakeouts. And she was right. From then on, Kara's family never lost a single lamb. 
Wolves, dragons, and werewolf dragons alike all kept their distance after word spread about the tiny new watchman with the bubbling laugh and iron fist. Karis and her parents welcomed the mysterious child with wide open arms and immediately named him Sillian. For if anyone was ever born of the sun, it was certainly the little boy whose shining hair and infectious joy could tuck a smile from even the sourest, sternest lips. Everyone adored him. His new parents, the villagers, even the wild animals that playfully nibbled his crown of ringlets before shyly bounding away. But Karis, and Cloud of course, loved Solian best of all, and as the three scampered about looking up adventures and sowing mischief, Wait! Hurry up, Carrot! It quickly became apparent just how wonderfully unusual her new little brother was, for one thing. He really did shine like a small, bouncing ball of sunshine. And for another, he seemed to grow stronger and sturdier by the hour, until after a mere month with his new family, he was the size of his ten-year-old sister and had the strength of a hundred grown men. When Karis, fingers trailing through Cloud's shaggy fleece, wondered what a real Cloud felt like, Solian scooped her up and heaved her skyward as effortlessly as he would a feather. Not a rain cloud, you ninny! Karis snorted with laughter as she landed in his arms a moment later, soaked through with unshed raindrops. <laughs> and on Sundays, when Karis' father left the herd to their own devices and her mother packed a picnic lunch that could feed an entire village, Solian gathered his adoptive family in his arms, Cloud included, and raced to the top of the snowy mountain that usually sat far off on the horizon. There they would sit, the whole of Wales stretched out below them, contentedly munching and occasionally throwing scraps to the scruffy wild ponies. One day, while Karis prepared to run errands on behalf of her mother, Sillian Cloud barreled through the door covered top to toe in mud. Hiya, Carrot. We've already been waiting forever. Come on, then. Sullian tossed his fair curls and Cloud shook like a big shaggy dog, each sending a spray of brown sludge all over the freshly scrubbed floors. Knock it off! Karis grabbed a broom and swatted them both on the rear. What did you do, plow the fields with your faces? She snorted and gave them each another poke. Go give yourselves a good dunk, and then we'll head to town. Water, Carrot. And after much splashing and shrieking, the three set off, a brisk, cheerful wind propelling them up and down the tumbling green hills. The second they entered the small village, nestled at the foot of a sprawling stone castle, Sullian and Cloud darted off, racing to catch up with the other children, dodging wagons and weaving through the crowd like eels. Be back in 15 minutes, Karis smiled after them, then shook out her list and began her search. She turned toward a cart overflowing with turnips, leapt out of the way as a tower crate crashed to the cobblestones, then froze as her gaze settled on a woman standing beside the low wall leading from town to castle. She was a rather remarkable woman, with rosy cheeks, eyes the exact color of ripe blueberries, and a wild tumble of hair that looked as if the warm summer sun had gotten tangled among the long strands. Kara's heart slammed in her chest. She watched the golden woman bend her knees, sling a large black horse over her shoulder, and march toward the castle, 
the beast's confused whinnies trailing in the wind. Karis flapped a hand at a red-faced woman struggling with a large basket of potatoes. Do you know who that is then? She asked, voice shaking and pointed up the hill. Don't be daft, girl. The woman puffed, face streaming with sweat. That's the queen now, isn't it? The queen? Karis croaked like a stunned frog. Yes, the queen. Do you live under a rock then, child? The potato woman wiped her brow with the meaty forearm. It'll be her punishment now, won't it? For what she did to the newborn prince. The newborn prince. Karis felt a dull ache worm its way through her guts. She sold him. To the fairies. The stout woman's eyes doubled in size and glistened like dewy chestnuts. So they say, anyway. And now, as penance, she must carry all who wish to enter yon castle, them and their beasties besides, rain or shine for the rest of her days. Kara's eyes snapped to the hilltop, where the queen trudged toward her next passenger, mournful eyes scanning the horizon as if searching for something she couldn't quite do without. She steadied herself on a pot-bellied barrel as the potato vendor moved off and the crowded market spun around her. But before she could topple face first onto the cobblestones, a familiar hand grasped her firmly by the elbow. Come on, Carrot. Solian popped out of thin air and tugged her up onto Cloud's back. I want to show you something. What? Karis dug her hands wrist deep into tufts of creamy wool as the little sheep shot off down the rocky lane. They sent a flock of geese squawking away in a cloud of feathers as Cloud bounced all the way to the seashore. Once there, Karis closed her eyes against the salty breeze, hoping it might whip away the lump of sadness gathering in her heart. Suddenly, she heard a sound halfway between an angry bull and an excited peacock, and her eyes flew open to see Sullian blowing into the waist-deep indigo waves. What are you doing? She shouted over the roar of the sea. Just wait, he beamed, eyes glittering with excitement. She'll be here any minute. Seconds later, a jet of seawater shot out of the churning surf, and a massive blue-black head emerged, small yellow eyes shining with deep sea secrets. Sullian crowed with delight and clambered atop the glistening beast, then reached back to hold his sister up behind him. Wait, Karis yelled. This is a really bad idea. But her words were lost as the creature let out a strange, beautiful bellow and dove under the waves, twisting like a corkscrew. It shot to the surface, graceful body arcing in mid-air before landing with a colossal smack. Sullian whooped with joy, hair flying and face shining, wild as the sea and the wind and the sky itself. Kara screamed her lungs out, of course, then pressed her cheek against his back and squeezed her brother, her golden, perfect brother, as tightly as she could manage while dripping wet and riding a leaping whale. strained down her face, but she didn't care. She just let the sadness roll off and get lost in the waves as the magical creature jumped again and again before depositing them in the shallows. Clouds splashed in mad circles as they waded toward the shore, and Karis reluctantly took her brother's hand, pulling him to a stop. She held his blue gaze, eyes sad and steady, and said, Solian, there's something I need to tell you. Thank you.
and the next day, as they stood just outside the village, Karis gasped for breath as her brother crushed her to his chest for what felt like the hundredth time. Stop! She swatted him away and nearly choked on a hiccup. Her heart still hurt. It probably always would. But as she glanced to where the queen stood waiting for Sullian, a tiny seed of pride sprouted inside her and smoothed over the sharp edges of having to say goodbye. Don't forget about Tuesday's carrot, Sullian stepped back. But split rock, remember? Of course, she found a brave smile. I'll be there every Tuesday. And with a squeeze of her shoulder, he was gone. She watched him climb toward the castle with his birth mother, hand in hand and both faces illuminated with the joy of their reunion. Beside Karis, Cloud let out a mournful bleat that nearly broke her heart all over again. She shot one more glance up the hill, fixing her brother's shape in her mind, then flashed a smile as crooked and dazzling as Sullyan's own. Come on, fluffy little Cloud, she soothed, turning towards home. The sun will come out again, and we only have to wait till Tuesday. The end. So, what did you think? I really liked this one, Meg. Yeah? How come? Well, Cloud was pretty cool, for a ridiculous sheep at least, and I like when Cillian threw Karis up into a real cloud, but I really liked the part on the whale where she just cried. Really? Do you know why that part stuck out? Well, sometimes it feels like we're not really supposed to feel our feelings. At least, not the hard ones that aren't all sunshine and flowers anyway. How so, Bean? I don't know. I mean, think about it. If a kid is screaming their face off or something, or like even just sitting by themselves feeling sad, what usually happens? Well, that's easy. Someone comes along and says, Hey, no need for tears. Look on the bright side. Turn that frown upside down and go smell some roses for the love of cheese. Well, maybe not those exact words, but yeah. Don't feel sad. Don't feel angry. Just try to feel better, like right now. That's not what Karis did. Uh Uh-uh. She felt really sad about having to take her brother back to his birth mom. And so she took a minute to just feel sad. I mean, sometimes I wish I could just have a little time to feel not great or whatever without everyone around me trying to immediately cheer me up. (gasps) While riding a huge-tastic whale and screaming your lungs out? Well, no, that part sounds terrifying, actually, but space to just feel what I'm feeling, even if it's messy or loud, I don't know. It just makes me feel a little lighter or something. And then it's easier to face whatever comes next. Wow, Bean. Um, thanks for sharing that. Okay, so it seems like we have one unstick trick for when we're dreading something we really don't want to do. Give yourself a minute to feel whatever hard thing you're feeling. Now, let's check in with Julia and Sayla for what they would do in this sticky situation. I'm Julia and I'm 12. So if I really had to do something that I really didn't want to do, I think what I would try and do is to either find a bright side or I would try and get someone who I really like to come along. That way they would make it seem less bad and more fun. 
Hi, my name is Sayla and I'm six years old. And the way I like to get things done that I don't want to do is I just get it over with and then I usually get to do something fun. I like that one. Just get it over with so you can ride a giant whale or a giant chicken or a giant whale chicken. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Thanks for your advice, Julia and Sayla. Listeners, if you have an unstick trick you use when you're dreading doing something, we'd love to hear about it. Send your grown-ups to storypillar.com slash unsticktricks for more information. Okay, that's it. We finished our 10th episode ever of Story Pillar. Holy wasabi, we're on a roll. <laughs> like a sushi roll. <laughs> Get it? Because you put wasabi on sushi? <laughs> that was a good one, Bean. Keep them coming. Okay, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We'll have a new full episode every other Monday and mini episodes. <gasps> Sneak attacks! And banometer checks. In the weeks between. Somehow, we're already coming close to the end of season one of Story Pillar. But before we take a break for the summer, we'd love to know what you want to hear while we're off tracking down more great stories and sticky situations for season two. Grown-ups, look for a link to our summer break survey in the episode notes or head to storypillar.com. As always, thanks to Andy Job and Susanna Bridges for their work on our theme song. For more of their great kids' music, check out andyandsusanna.com or find them on Spotify and iTunes. A huge shout-out to Tessa Flannery and Robin Lai for their work on our audio this week. And another giant thank you to Michelle Knott for reading our story. Check out the episode notes for a link to her wonderful book, Teddy Let's Go. For a signed copy, please order from Park Road Books in Charlotte, North Carolina, and add a message that you would like it personalized. And grown-ups, don't forget to buzz on over to Instagram. Or, you know, just go to Instagram. Buzz, 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 buzz. Stop. <laughs> Our handle is at sign story pillar. You can also follow Mackenzie Allison, who does our awesome episode cover art at MK Allison Art. Okay, ready to say goodbye? Bye! I love you! Bye. Come back next time if you want to. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Remember, dreading something you really don't want to do is tough. Try taking a minute to feel however you're feeling or take Julia and Sayla's advice and either find a friend to make it a little less terrible or just get it over with. Whatever you choose, you got this. And we'll be here cheering you on.